up on Inside the NRL. The West Tigers have slumped to one and six, but is coach Michael Maguire really in the firing line? The Broncos lose another young gun as Tom Dearden heads to Townsville. So how does a fed-up Kevin Walters stop the exodus and make Brisbane great again? It's about us coming together as a people, as a rugby league community, and enjoying the game that we love every week that we get to play. Enough is enough. Latrell Mitchell takes a stand. And Jaden Braley joins us as the 10th place Knights strive to return to the top eight with a win against the Roosters. Hello, welcome to Inside the NRL. A special shout out to all of our viewers, our loyal fans over in the Pacific Islands who join us each and every week for our show. It's great to have you with us. I hope you all enjoyed a special weekend in the NRL. It was Anzac round. I enjoyed every second of it. I was lucky enough to go up to Darwin and watch the Eels beat the Broncos. Jamie Soward joins us once again. You had your first call on 2GB yesterday. You're icing... In uh, recovery the, mode. The, the golden tonsils. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in recovery mode. No, it was, uh, it was what a performance to call as well. Tom Trebojevic, the way that he played and Manly played. West Tigers, I know we're going to get to them. They're uh, struggling at the moment. But, uh, yeah, it was a pretty good experience. And Michael Chambers, of course, from the Sydney Morning Herald. Zachary, we've got one call and he's got people making him a cup of tea before the show. I know, unbelievable scenes. All right, it's time to get on with the show and find out what left egg on Michael and Jamie's faces. Sowie, over to you. That that photo reminds me of when I was about 15, uh, every single time going through a certain stage in my life. Um, The Brisbane Broncos. After week one, I uh, backtracked my prediction of them to come last. I don't know why I did that, because they are going to finish last. Um, they gone. Just yeah, they're gone. I just, they just don't have any leaders within that group that's standing out. Payne Haas was fantastic. He's the best player, one of the best props in the, in the world. But they just don't get off the back of that. They have no structure in their game plan. And, and some of the plays, they just don't compete on. So I think they're back to finishing last. We'll talk about the Broncos in a little while, but Michael, what was uh, your moment that left egg on your face? I, uh, I'm going to admit that I got it wrong when it comes to the Titans and David Fafita. I said that David Fafita wouldn't be better value than Tino Fatsula Malawi, and I got it wrong. David Fafita is the better of the two, and $1.2 million well spent. That was unbelievable over the weekend, what he was able to do against South Sydney. Needs to finish the job though. Yeah, <laughs> get the the win. Can I get that sent to me? Just in a little clip, just say when he comes up, I can get him. Yeah, because you said David Fafita is the best signing in Titans history. Yeah, that's right. Okay, all right, the West Tigers, uh, they've slumped to uh, one and six, and they've hit back at a suggestion made by Michael Chamis in a report yesterday that Michael Maguire is under the pump and potentially uh, facing the axe. They're currently 14th on the ladder. Here's a statement from the club, contrary to a media report in the Sydney Morning Herald, the West Tigers can deny there is a crisis meeting being held at the club while they're disappointed with recent results all at West Tigers remain firmly united and committed to producing a strong and competitive season together and ready to get back into work in preparation for round eight Uh, Michael you've got a bit of egg on your face this week Uh, any further updates now look I stand by what I reported that Michael Maguire's job is on the line at the West Tigers and there are people within the club who think that perhaps his time may be up there now of course I don't think it's going to eventuate to him being sacked this week at this point, the way things are tracking out. He's going to get some time to try and turn things around. However, you can't deny a 19 from 51 record at the West Tigers over three years. And the the concerning thing for people at the club is he's had three years to build a roster and 
the roster isn't where it needs to be and also the performances are going backwards. I think there is elements of that roster that have improved significantly. I think the young guys that the Tigers have, have signed have made a, a big impact. The Dane Lorries and the, Stef the Stefano Toikamanos. I, I think in terms of luring big scalps, the leaders, people that want to, you want to build a club around, I don't think there's anyone that they've signed who wasn't looking for a chance. Like, uh, you go through the list, Adam Dewey wasn't going to be in the starting side at South Sydney. You, uh, you've had James Roberts obviously looking for a final chance. There's a lot of guys there who just, just even Jackson Hastings, he, was, he left the NRL, he's looking for a chance as well. So they haven't got the big fish and until Michael Maguire can land that, I can't see things changing. Well, let's take a look at the recruits that he has got to the West Tigers over the last couple of years. He made one signing in 2019 and that was Tommy Talao. Since then, the Leilua brothers, you mentioned Michael, Adam Dewey, Zane Musgrove, Asu Kapoa, Sean Bloor has been out injured this year, Billy Walters who wants to head back to Brisbane, uh, James Tamo, Dane Laurie, Joe Ofangawa, Joe Ofangawi, Stefano Otoi Kamanu, James Roberts and Tom Amone. Has their roster got any better, Southwick, when you look at that? Um, it's not as easy as what we think. You know, you don't, when you become a coach of a club, uh, you don't get the chance to wipe the whole roster. You've got to manage salary cap, and I think Kevin Walters and the Brisbane Broncos are having that problem now. But, you know, Dane Laurie, Yutoikamanu, those guys are going to be around for a while. Uh, they look like they've got a good in Simpkins. So there is some bright lights there amongst the doom and gloom. But oh, my question back to you is, and probably to, to everyone, is who... who a senior player doesn't just fall off a tree to go to a club. You know, there's guys out there that want to win competitions, that want to be competitive, so they'll take that less money. So they're not. it's not like they're not trying. Every club wants to try and get them there, but they just haven't succeeded in probably bringing enough of those young... The next wave through, you know, the next... They had the big four that they brought through. Since then, they haven't brought the next big four through or the next, you know, couple of players that we've gone right. That's where the future is at the moment. I think, personally, they need to make a decision on the seven. It, it just needs to happen, whether it's Jock Madden or Luke Brooks, because Adam Dewey is having a great season, and that's holding them back. Dewey stays on the right-hand side of the field, doesn't get across to touch the ball on the left-hand side. Whether they like playing together or not, it doesn't look like they do to me. Um, they need to make a de decision on who's going to be the centrepiece that they build around, because they've got a full-back, they look like they've got a hooker, they've got one half in Dewey. You know, they need to realise who they pair, because if you pair Adam Reynolds with, with Adam Dewey, yeah, that's now you're starting to cook. You can get some guys in position, but the halves is a problem for me. Do they have the money to sign someone like Adam Reynolds? Well, they have six hundred thousand still in the cap remaining this year that they haven't spent. The problem is, and, I, and I've said this to Michael Maguire over the off season. I sat down with him for a coffee. Is there's a perception out there from players that they don't want to come to the West Tigers and play under him? What, whether that's right or wrong, he can't escape a perception that he overworks players. Now, I, I know that Michael Maguire is working tirelessly to turn that around, but he can't escape that. And, and, and it's the proof is in the pudding. They haven't signed a big-name player that they can try and build a club around. Now, the, as Sowie said, the one guy's not on that list that you showed earlier, because he's obviously not a recruit, but Michael Maguire re-signed Luke Brooks. He's on eight or $900,000, and he's their number seven. He's got two more years left. The, like, I know they've blamed people in the past, and rightly so. The, the decisions of Kelly Egan and Ivan Cleary in the, in the past have put the club in a difficult situation. But the coach that is there now, he re-signed Luke Brooks. And now we're at the point, I, I will be stunned if Luke Brooks is at the club beyond this year. And that's another error from, from the current crop in the coaching staff. You mentioned that Michael Maguire has time. How much time does he have? Yeah, that's what I He's got five, those five games, if we, we can get those up again, they've got Dragons twice, so hopefully not in the next month they turn it around, but yeah, Titans and Knights. Yeah, they've got the Dragons twice, Titans, Knights, Warriors, yeah. like, 
winnable games. Uh, that's, that's, that's the thing. How many out of the five does he have to win to save his job? Well, I, I think the next couple of weeks are, the, are crucial. Because reality is they should so be what, competing. So one out of the next two? They should be competing if not winning all those games. Okay. Okay, and, and if they don't go down that path, then we're going to see what happens with the players. And what this is the thing. Do the players resp- how the players respond to this is going to dictate what happens. Because if they give up now and say, you know what, it's the coach's fault. We've seen this before. When the coach's on the pressure, some people give up. We'll see yeah, what happens with the players. Just quickly, when they got scored on yesterday, they had 13 people behind the line that weren't talking to each other. When James Tarmow's off the field, I know they brought him there to be a leader. They haven't groomed the next leader through. So that's, that squad's struggling for leadership at the moment. That's four years in the making. They selected Moses Embi as captain three or four years ago. And Moses admits he was never a captain. They've had time to try and get one or develop one, and they're still in that same point. All right, from one struggling team to another, the Brisbane Broncos. Tom Dearden has become the latest Bronco to confirm he is leaving the club, signing a three-year deal with the Cowboys starting next year. Sowie, they've lost Dave Fafita. We saw Reese Walsh debut last night. They're losing Tom Dearden, who many said the player, he should be the player the club builds its future around. How worrying is this that this exodus continues after so many kids during your generation wanted to play for the Broncos? Yeah, I played with Darius Boyd and uh, you know, speaking to Darius this week, a proud, you know, although he had time at Newcastle and the Dragons, he was always a Bronco and wanted to be a Bronco and you hear about the passion of young kids in Queensland wanting to pull on that Broncos jersey. I haven't heard a kid say that for a long, long time. Um, something's gone wrong up there with their retention and recruitment and getting the right people in to help um, sustain a, a successful club. And we know that it's not easy. We just talked about the Tigers. But you let Reese Walsh go, who last night down in Melbourne, it took me 12 years to get a try assist down in Melbourne. He had two in his first game. Dave Fafita, well, that speaks for itself. How do you let that walk, not to another club in Sydney, down the road? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's the big one for me. So uh, you pair that with, if you've got... Those two guys, and you moved Anthony Milford. See, you talk about big contracts. Anthony Milford got that big contract. I don't think anyone would ever judge me and say, I don't know if he was ever worth a million dollars, even at the height of his powers. And, and clubs, they've been locked into that deal and sort of tied their bow to him for, the, for their success, and it hasn't come through. So, yeah, it's, it's puzzling to see you know, what's going on up there. I know Steve Rinoff yeah, spoke pretty passionately about it and yep. it's hard not to agree with him. Let's get the tweet up. This is from uh, Broncos legend Steve Renoff who has taken aim at the recruitment uh, of the Brisbane Broncos on Twitter. He said, unfortunately, this group of boys should never have been brought together. They are like a schoolboys team. It's not their fault. Bad recruiting. When will the recruitment side of the Brisbane Broncos be held accountable? Is I've, it as dire as that? I've spoken to two uh, former coaches and, and not Anthony Seabold who worked for NRL.com but two other coaches outside that have said that same thing to me that it looks like you've gone to a school carnival and you've gone, right, you, 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 you and you, you're going to come and play together Merit team uh, and then we're just going to see what happens. They've got the biggest, the fastest, but they haven't got any guys, they haven't got any thinkers, they haven't got any workers. They've just paid all the best kids up there, got them all into a team and said, right, our kids, go out and do your best. And they're getting risoled by everyone who's actually put teams together. Look at Parramatta on the weekend. But, but do you think they're in this position, Sally, because they've, they've put the kids together, they obviously have some talent, but they paid their hamstrung what they can do in the salary cap because they paid so much money for guys who haven't delivered, yeah. i.e. Matt Lodge. Yep. Is that fair to say? Yeah, well, no one's going to disagree with that. You, you get a big contract, you have to deliver, but I would even say further, playing guys out of position. Jermaine Asako looks like he could be one of the best wingers in the world. He's playing fullback. Yeah, that, that to me doesn't, doesn't wash, you know. Um, they've tried, they've got Danny Levi up there, they've got David Mead back. Like, where's this next crop of juniors? To, when Wayne Bennett was there in 2018 when he got sacked, they had the best next forward pack. Gordon Tallis was talking about it. We're all talking about it. Where's that gone? 
Mm. They've, they've left. They don't want to play for them anymore. Yeah, from the outside, uh, it looks like there's plenty of issue, issues up there, especially if, you, if you're a young half and you don't want to play under Kevin Walters and Alfie Langer. Well, it's not that. It's you don't want to play in a team that's going to be losing every week. But Tom Dearden's gone to the Cowboys. He sees more problems. Tom Dearden looks stressed every time he takes a field. I think that he's. I don't know Tom Dearden. I think he's the start to the season. The um, indecisiveness on him playing a halfback and sitting on the bench. I think that contributed to his decision to go north. All right. Uh, from Brisbane to the Hunter region, the Knights went down to the Panthers in round seven, but they were gallant in defeat. We're now lucky enough to be joined by their co-captain, Jaden Braley. Jaden, thanks so much for joining us on Inside the NRL. You stuck up with the best team in the league for the opening 60 minutes, but you fell away late. So what was the mood like after the match in the sheds? Was it a positive one or a negative one? Yeah, you know, it was um, obviously a little bit of disappointment at first. Um, obviously not coming away with the result, but, um, you know, Adam told us, you know, we can hold our heads, hold our heads high. You know, we played uh, pretty tough, uh, gritty style of football and we stuck it to the Panthers for the majority of the 80 minutes. So uh, I think we can take a lot of confidence out of it and um, hopefully get a result uh, pretty soon. Jaden, is there a sense of frustration, mate? I look at that roster at the Knights and you think that's a fringe top four team. If not, you're in the top four. But f since you've been at the club, you've barely had a game with your, your best 17 on the paddock. Yeah, you know, it's a little bit frustrating at times. Um, but for as long as you know, I've been in the NRL, um, it's very rarely that you're able to string uh, you know, your strongest 17 on the park week after week. So... Injuries are just part and parcel of the game. Um, you know, we, we expect whoever jumps in there and fills in for those uh, missing positions that they do a, do a job. Um, but, yeah, you know, it can be frustrating at times that, you know, we haven't got our big guns out there uh, every week. Jaden, I watched the game on the weekend. I actually felt like you turned a corner in your competitiveness. There's something that wasn't there against the Gold Coast Titans. Do you feel like that if you can just tread water enough and then start to get some troops back that you can still make the eight? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think on the, the difference with last Thursday was our attitude in defence. Um, I know they ended up scoring 24 points, but up until, you know, that 70th minute, I think it was only 12-6. So uh, to be able to keep probably the best attacking team in the Panthers out for that long, um, I thought it really showed a lot of, of us turning a corner, like you said. And um, I think if we tweak uh, a few things here and there in attack and, and play a bit smarter, I think um, a, a, a win isn't too far away. Jaden, in your new role as captain, does that frustrate you that you can compete so hard against Penrith with so many attacking weapons, but the week before you got blokes taking a tap 10 metres out and running over and scoring a try? Yeah, you know, I mean, consistency is a big thing uh, for us that we wanted to improve this year, and um, it's a big part of being a successful NRL team, I believe. You know, you've got to be consistent week after week, and... Um, a big part of that is our defence and um, as I said, I think last Thursday we're a lot better but we've got to do that consistently and, and have that same attitude uh, week after week And um, but yeah, I do think that uh, we'll, we'll turn that corner. Jaden, you're currently 10th. You take on the Roosters in a huge match on Saturday night at home. Then you hit the road to take on the Raiders in Wagga and they're up against it at the moment. How important is this game in the context of your season and your ambitions to finish in the top eight? Yeah, it's huge. I mean, we've got another quality side in the Roosters uh, coming up here this weekend, so it um, doesn't get any easier. And, uh, you know, we've got a pretty tough run coming up. So I think the biggest thing with this weekend, you know, we're back at home and uh, I think we've dropped two games this year at home. And, um, you know, we, we want to play really well in front of our home fans and um, get a result for them. 
Jaden, I have to ask you about Caelan Ponga. Have you ever played with someone who has such a, a big such a big influence on a game like he does? Yeah, he's outstanding. He's um, I love playing football with Kay. Um, we missed him to start the season, and he just brings so much um, to our attack, you know, and our defence as well. He's the one uh, getting our numbers right um, that pe- a lot of people probably don't see. And, you know, we all see what he does with the football. And I feel like, uh, especially last week against Cronulla, he really grabbed the game by the scruff of the neck and, and got us that win. So it's really good to have him back. And uh, the longer he's on the park, you know, the, the better chance we are to win. Jaden, uh, I was going to ask another question, but Michael wants to ask another question about uh, Caelan Ponga. <laughs> He's a big Caelan Ponga man. No, so, seriously, mate, uh, how have you liked the captaincy? Is it something that's sat comfortably with you? I mean, being a leader on field, I, I like what you did at the Sharks, but you feel like you look like you've grown into that? Yeah, I've really enjoyed it. I think um, I've been able to experience a lot of different things in my first seven games. You know, we've, we've won tight games and we've lost tight games, but... Uh, you know, we've also had a tough game up in t- up against the Titans the other week. So I've been able to juggle a few different things, and um, but I'm pretty lucky as well. You know, we've got I've got some good people around me. Obviously, D Saf is a co-captain, but Blake Green as well, who, who's captain a, a, a couple of clubs. And there's not it's not just on me. And there's a lot of guys at the club helping me out. And um, but yeah, you know, I'm really enjoying the opportunity. It's something I take with great privilege, and it's a big honour as well. So. Um, yeah, it's something I'm going into and, and just enjoying at the same time. Jaden, how's your, your brother hanging in there given the drama unfolding at, at Cronulla, mate? Yeah, he's going all right. Um, I haven't really spoken to him a whole lot um, about what's gone on over the last few weeks, but um, he's just been focusing on his football and I think he's been playing some really good football for Cronulla and um, obviously got up, got one up on him last week <laughs> up in uh, Newcastle, which, which is nice, but... Um, yeah, I haven't really uh, gone into details with what's going on um, down, down at the Sharks. Jaden, uh, sadly you ruptured your ACL just before the comp was suspended last year and you've come back to a host of new rules. The game's never been faster. How have you found it coming off the most serious injury you've ever suffered? Yeah, um, I've, I was pretty excited um, to try the new rules out, obviously, coming into this season. Um, I didn't get the chance to play under them last year in season 2020 and... I really enjoy it. I feel like obviously the game's a lot a lot faster and in defence, I feel like I'm under the pump a little bit more. Um, but I can feel that I, I get a lot more opportunities in attack and, and allows me to get out and run the football. And I'm going in the games um, with that mindset to run the football as well. So I'm still getting used to it at the same time. But um, yeah, I, I am really enjoying it and um, yeah, trying to adapt my game to suit the rules. Jaden, thank you so much for joining us on Inside the NRL. Good luck this Saturday night against the Roosters at home. Cheers. Thanks, guys. And to any footy fans, Roosters fans, Knights fans that want to get along to that match, make sure you do so. Head to nrl.com slash tickets to grab yours today. Well, Latrell Mitchell has spoken today after two men were charged after allegedly racially vilifying him across social media. Here's what the star fullback had to say. I've been copping this all my life since an eight-year-old kid, you know. Um, yeah, my ancestors before me have, and um, you know, nothing's changing. So, you know, I've always aired them out on social media, as anyone's seen, and, um, and showing them airtime, and I think that's what they sort of wanted to get a kick out of, and I, I was sort of just wasting my energy by doing that, and I just, you know, I grew up and matured a little bit through that period, and I said, that enough is enough. I've set the standard for, you know, the general public to go, right, if you see it, call it out now, and I just think now... 
Uh, with these two messages, for instance, I just said I had enough. Like it's an outcome that I've wanted for a very long time for people to be accountable for their actions and their words and you know just for you to sit there and, and, and comment on a game it's just a game of rugby league but this happens in you know everyday society and I just want people to know that you have to call it out it's enough now times times have changed and we've got to change this for everyone you know it's about you know being a community together and coming together and and, and not even it's about that divide I'm not even going about Aboriginal and non-Indigenous do you know what I mean it's about us coming together as a people as a rugby league community and enjoying the game that we love every week that we get to play you know we as rugby league players are here to do a job enjoy ourselves and you know and, and provide for our families and to receive all that hate um, I know it comes with the game but it shouldn't be in our game. Very well said, Latrell Mitchell you have our support and uh, hopefully all the bullies and online trials stop. That's just the most Latrell's grown into a real leader within the game. Mm. I've loved his transition across. He copped a lot of flack about the Roosters transitions and, and all that kind of stuff. And uh, he's tr going into fullback, but away from the game, he's turned into a real leader and a real mentor for a lot of young people out there. Now, you're a proud Indigenous man. You yep. put your neck out on Twitter a fair bit. You cop it a fair bit. Yep. Do you think this will help stop knowing that people out there will know that they can be criminally charged if you abuse someone online? Yeah, it, it will a little bit, um, but yeah, the NRL players probably expect it now. Uh, not that we should have to put up with it, or they should have to put up with it, but you probably expect it to a little bit. But yeah, I think about the, the 12 to 16 year old kids that are watching our show that are thinking, well, if Latrell Mitchell can call someone out, so can I. I don't have to hide it or pretend that I'm you know, soft or dobbing someone in. You can call someone out and we can do something about it. So I think it's fantastic and Latrell's growing into it. You can see the the father protective side coming out of him and I, I, I love listening to that kind of stuff from the troll. Michael, when you look back three or four years, did you ever think at 23 the troll would be speaking so openly and publicly about this? No, I, I actually think he's probably done more than anyone else in the past. I, I, you, yeah. You've obviously... I, no, I can't imagine what you've been through throughout your career, not just racial vilification but also just abuse from fans or team, fans of other teams. How tough would that have been on Latrell to actually do what he... Like, I imagine there would have been days where he thought to himself, you know what, that's, this is not my fight. Yeah. Well, and that's what a lot of people think. This is not my fight. I copped some social abuse the other week and, and sent it to you guys and, you know, it's just let you know that it still happens even to me. I'm a, I'm a nuffy. So, um, yeah, I think it's, it's great Latrell leading the way and it's nice to see him get a result too. You're selling yourself short. You're not a nuffy. Yes, he is. I'm a nuffy. <laughs> Time to move on to this week's uh, Casualty Award, brought to you by Chemist Warehouse. And we'll start with the biggest names struck down in Anzac round. James Tedesco, Alex Glenn, uh, Joey Leilua, Matt Moylan, Jordan McLean, Tohu Harris, David Fusatua and <coughs> Vita Totola. Of course, Will Smith, George Jennings, uh, Chris Smith, Matt Dury. Patrick Herbert and Sam Lasoni also in our casualty board. Now, here's an update on some other players who were injured in previous weeks. Craig Bellamy gave an update and said that Ryan Pappenhausen could miss two to three weeks with a shoulder injury, which is uh, bad news for them. Ryan Madison returned in the knock-on effect cup yesterday, so he's free to uh, play this week. Uh, Wunga Blake, Appy Corosau uh, and Ben Hunt. Now, obviously, uh, James Tedesco headed up that list after he was hit by uh, Jordan Pereira high in that Anzac Day match yesterday, and it sparked this response from Roosters coach Trent Robinson. We don't need the judiciary to teach them lessons. We need the on-field refs, so mothers and... Um, parents and that are at home understand that the punishment happens right then and there. It's, it's, it's right there in the moment, not on a Tuesday night. They don't watch Tuesday night. They watch in that game. They need to get their lessons on field 
about how to get down, how to get lower, and get your tackle tech in a better position. Because you, you'll punish your team on that night. We can choose 17 players the following week. But if you get down to, to 12 players on that field versus 13 because you're, you're just a bit loose with your tackling and you're copping guys hard and high, then they need to be down to 12. That's when we'll get our real lessons and that's when we'll get people knowing that we're serious about it. And I think we're at a point now in the game where everyone needs to accept that contact with the head and neck is just no longer acceptable. And there needs to be a bit of a reset. There needs to be a bit of a expectation reset by players, by clubs, by the media, by the fans generally. All right, so Trent Robinson's stance was strong. That was Graham Annesley speaking this afternoon in response to that. And uh, the game clearly isn't mucking around either, Sowie. Uh, first with Robbo's uh, response, is it time for the game to come down even harder on foul play on field? Yeah, I think the, the, the problem with that, I love listening to Trent Robinson speak, the problem with that is different referees are going to have different interpretations of what it looks like as well. So if you're consistent across the board and you're going to have a guy sent off, then that's fine. But you know, week to week, there's different situations where people go to the bin that don't go to the bin one week. And when we're here talking about Latrell Mitchell and what that looked like and why he didn't go to the sin bin, but gets four-week suspension. So... I, I think there's a fine line there and we don't want it to get into murky waters where someone gets sent off in, in one game and doesn't in another. The Robbo's stance saying that not everyone is watching Tuesday night. Mothers and kids, they're watching the game. That more has to be done during the game to deter... I get that, but not... If one referee sends someone off right there at the moment, you know, the other referee might not do that. So you're not going to get that consistency. So you can't just bring in a blanket rule. I know that Graham Annesley spoke about Chambers, but do you agree that if yeah. one referee might say, OK, is Jordan Pereira won 10 in the bin, one guy might say sent off. No, I agree. I agree. It's going to be open to interpretation. But then he, then we there's a responsibility, as Graham Annesley pointed out, for people in the game, like someone like Wayne Bennett, who last week came out and criticised the judiciary for what happened to Latrell Mitchell, he getting his four weeks... Oh, that, that flies in the face of what the NRL is trying to do, what Trent Robinson is saying there. Oh, I, get the, I get the NRL, what they're trying to say, because I, I think we've got a real problem now, because Tedesco has now had three head knocks in... Ten months. Ten months, and we run the risk now of rubbing our players out of the game for good, because the standards around head knocks is so different to what it was when you were playing for what it was 10, 20 years ago, that the best players in the game, after a few knocks, we may, not, may never see them again, because... We have got guys who don't understand the significance going forward of what they are doing with these high tackles. So if you're going to start sinbinning them, Robbo's right, you're going to get to the point where, well, we may miss a few more tackles, but we're not going to, go, we're not going to uh, creep high. All right, on a much lighter note, you can play NRL Pick'em uh, Weekly 4 for a chance at $100,000 this week. I'll tell you which matchups are part of the four this week. We've got the Broncos and Titans on Friday night. The Knights and Broncos on uh, Knights and Roosters, rather, on Saturday. The Warriors, Cowboys and the West Tigers, Dragons on Sunday. Pick, em, uh, pick the correct margin for each of the four games and you'll share the spoils. Head to nrl.com slash pick'em now. All right, it's now time for Hit or Miss. Benji Marshall inspired the Rabbitohs to come from behind victory against the Titans in round seven. And I saw this thread on Twitter. So Gus Gould has responded to a question 
asking whether he should be considered for immortal status. Phil Gould said he's an immortal whether they give it to him or not. So my question or my statement to you, Sowie, Benji Marshall should be an immortal. Uh... Yes, I think so, but I don't know if they'll give it to him, as Gus said. I, I just don't want to get to the point where we've got 50 immortals. Uh, the class, or the current class now, you talk about Lockyer, Freddie, uh, Slater, Thurston, um, Smith, and then Cronk. So I don't know how many of those guys are actually going to get in in the next wave. Plus, that's just this era. That's not talking about the, the uh, older era that the players go in. So I think that he's been New Zealand's greatest ever player. There's no questioning that, but... Uh, yeah, it's, I don't want 50 of them. So is it a hit? Hit. Thank you. Well, you just said the opposite. It's a miss, isn't it? Hit. Hit. He should be an immortal. You just said you don't said want 50 of them. I said he should be immortal, but he won't be. Okay. So you just sat on the fence? Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna sit, I might sit on the fence. No, I'm going to say miss. I'm going to say, and there's no disrespect to Benji, I think he's, in this generation of what we've seen, probably ranked four behind Cam, JT, Billy, and then, J then Benji. I just don't see how they fit all of them in, given the criteria at the moment that Benji gets in. All right, Tom Trebojevic has been incredible since he returned from a hamstring injury two weeks ago. Andrew Johns, he's an immortal, and he threw out an interesting suggestion. He said, Turbo as a 5'8 would be out of this world. You let Nathan Cleary do it all, he organises everything, and then you take Turbo as a running 5'8. So Tom Trebojevic should be the Blues 5'8 for the upcoming State of Origin series. Michael? Mate, you deserve a hit for asking me what I think of the immortal <coughs> thoughts on a 5'8". What, what am I going to say if Andrew Johns thinks he's going to be 5'8"? None of this... Go with Andrew Johns. So you say hit? I think it's disrespectful that you're asking you're me. You're saying hit? I'm not going to go against Joey. You're saying hit? No, I think you need a hit. To, to the, the arms, not the head, obviously. Um, I, I, I think... No, I... You're going to make me say miss, aren't you? No. I, don't, I just think Jerome Luai needs to be the six with Nathan Cleary and Tom's in the centre slash wing. OK, so it's a miss. He won't be 5'8". Thank you. Uh, he won't be 5'8", miss. What? But uh, I just think that Jerome... Freddie will have to go for a combination, I feel, and as good as Tom was yesterday. I mean, he could play six. There's no doubt about that. But yeah, I could see him in the centres or wing and going in the wing. He doesn't have to organise everything as well. He can go in and float in. I think that... New South Wales missed that last year. They missed that big body to come in and relieve the pressure. And plus, that combination with Jake and he and through the middle. Is there a happier bloke <laughs> in the world than Tom Jaboyevic is playing than Jake? <laughs> he runs out. He ran out there with a smile on his face yesterday. The ball hadn't even been kicked off. And he looked across and Tommy's there and he was that happy. Before, he was just trudging out going, I've got to make a 1,000 tackles, <laughs> run for 600 hit-ups, and then just sit in the sheds. Now it's like, Tommy's back. Giddy up. Yeah, he just goes, oh, there you go, Tommy. Do all the hard He scored the try and Tommy ran off. Uh, Jake ran off and was like, how good's this, boys? <laughs> all right, this time a week ago, the man directly to my right made this bold prediction. If they lose this weekend to the Cowboys, they may miss the eight. That's where I'm concerned with them. So that, of course, was regarding the Canberra Raiders. Mm. So the Canberra Raiders will miss the top eight in season 2021. Hit. Of course, you have to say hit. Why? Um, You've gone through their matches. Yeah, I have gone. I've got, I think they've only got... I mean, they could turn it around quickly. Ricky Stewart's you know, got that mentality, the, us against the world, and they could buy into that. But this play right here before halftime typified the Raiders this year. They've gone back to the style. They fought so hard to get away from that beat you 26-24 um, and, and 
and be defensively sound and then beat you, you know, 10, 12 10 with their attack and, and grittiness, they've gone away from that. They let that soft try in. I know there was a dubious call there with the offside, but yeah, I think they miss. I, I just can't see it. They'll probably end up making it and, and beat the, the bottom sides because they've got a few of those games, but their style, I just don't know their style. I can't see it. They don't. A championship team doesn't leak 26 points after leading 24 6. Chamis, last week you said they'll make the eight. Yeah, I'm sticking by. I think that I had them at the start of the year in sixth. I still think they're six to eight mark. I think they're in the finals. I don't think there are good enough teams below them to kick them out. All right, the Warriors should be able to host their annual Anzac Day match against the Storm at home every second year. They've never done it. Hit. I'll go with Sam. Well, you've got to give them a chance. I mean, imagine how... <laughs> do- I never won down in Melbourne 12 years. Imagine Reese Walsh last night turning up. I think they'll be happy for any game in New Zealand at the moment, let alone... Yeah, but they... It's, it would be special to be It would be there. special. That, that's special down there as it is, but I'm sure the Storm probably don't want to give up the home game, but, yeah, they should be able to, to host it. Dragons and Roosters share one for one. Yep, hit, hit, hit oh. across the board. Well played. All right, it's now time for Champ or Chump. Sowie, it's your week. It is my week. Uh, I'm going to go with the champ first, and that's going to be Adam Reynolds and uh, his little dig at Wayne Bennett during the press conference. Have a listen. Is it true you only go to the movies on Cheap Tuesday, Wayne? <laughs> <laughs> that's true, mate. I can't afford it. I'm, I'm coaching South Sydney. You know I don't get overpaid. Are <laughs> <laughs> we any closer to seeing whether Adam Reynolds is going to start? So what are that cheeky little dig there? Just looking after his halfback. Yeah. That's nice. It is. Showing the relationship they have. Uh, Did you ever do that to him? To Wayne? Yeah. Were you brave enough? Take him to the movies. Take him to the movies, no. What, get him popped? Yeah, get, what, no, oh, get, get him there and ask He's a player's coach. He's a player's coach. I don't Sowie was used to taking him to Grappa for lunch. That's more your Grappa? style. Grappa? I didn't even know where Grappa is. <laughs> Wayne is knows. Is that in Australia? <laughs> Wayne knows. Uh, your chump? My chump this week is Hamoli Oluwakatu. The big Aaron Woods dive. This is yesterday after they scored three tries in about seven minutes. Just watch this. Oh, now he could be out for three weeks if he gets his neck wrong there. So <laughs> just uh, be careful there, uh, Hamoli. Nearly took, nearly took out Tommy as well. That would have been a disaster. I know. And you can't be doing that to the million dollar man. You know, so. that wasn't the only time that he went through the pack after a try as well. Oh, really? He did yesterday. And I think he was taking the mickey a little bit here. He just goes, oh, there we go. Oh. That was later in the game. What about Cade Cust? No, thank you. Look at that. Oh, no, sorry, mate. What are you doing? Jason Saab went after him. (laughs) From a loose Superman diver, my champ of the week. uh, Tears all round in the Bulldogs on the sideline anyway for coach Trent Barrett. Uh, This just shows how much that win meant to him after doing it so tough early on in his uh, tenure. Yeah, agree. And great scenes. He would know more than ever that 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 will mean nothing if they turn up and get pump this weekend against Parramatta. Yeah, that, that's the platform now. They competed really hard. They were desperate at the end of the game. And it was great to see those things, but it's it's a week-to-week proposition, so they need to turn up again this week. I just like the fact that he could let his emotions run free and just got caught Oh, it was great. Yeah, it was great. That's why the, players, it was my week. Why the players love him, mate. The players absolutely love him. Everyone at Manly and everyone at Canterbury couldn't speak more highly. Ed Penrith couldn't speak more highly of Trent Barrett. Okay, all right. Don't forget uh, to tune in to NRL teams tomorrow afternoon. Neve Owens, Brett Kamali, Robbie Farah in the hot seat from 3.55pm. The teams will drop at four, so they'll have all the latest news heading into round eight of the NRL Telstra Premiership. Uh, Michael, Jamie, as always, thank you for joining us uh, this week. It's been a big week in rugby league circles. Hopefully you can join us for all the fun next Monday right here on Inside the NRL.